0: Welcome to Screen Quest, a podcast where a fellowship of film lovers and armchair movie experts plays film roulette. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Waterman, joined by Mae Finch. Hello. And of course, Will Rotondi. Hey,
1: what's going on?
0: On today's episode, we are talking about Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, starring Harrison Ford, Sean Connery. And I'm very, very excited to talk about that with both of you. And of course, we'll be trying a side quest. But first, it's time to talk about what we have been watching. It's been a little while. For Halloween, there was uh, lots and lots of scary movies. But I'm interested to hear what you guys have been watching in between or after. So, May Finch, we're going to start with you. Go for it.
2: All right. Um, it's very exciting. I've been watching cartoons.
1: Uh- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um-
2: I have watched very little of King of the Hill. So we're working oh, our way through that right now. And then uh, my partner has never seen Agrat which is Aww. my favorite anime about workplace and uh, enemies and such. And so we're also working our way through that. I've seen it all already, but it's really fun to rewatch.
0: I have not heard of this. What is it called? One more time.
2: Uh, it has a little red panda in it and I actually have her on my desk because Aww, I love her so g- much oh, yeah. wow. that's cute.
0: adorable but I, I'll admit, I'm not familiar that's cool though
2: it's on Netflix
0: lighthearted funny ish oh
2: very lighthearted very funny Um okay. the whole premise Chaotic. of the show is it's this um, office worker who is like very demure and docile in her daily life and she gets shit on by her boss who's like sexist and like you know all the other like inner office politics that most people can relate to. But the, her like release is that she sings heavy metal karaoke.
0: <laughs> nice, amazing. Yeah. I mean, who wouldn't feel better after singing heavy metal karaoke? Honestly, right? That I decided that's my go-to karaoke for now because I don't have a great <laughs> voice. Is uh, Metallica? That's that's what I do much. <laughs> So easy. You just get a couple of, yeah ha, ha, in there and you're fine. Like <laughs> you just ham it up like Hetfield.
2: I want to learn how to do the the scream because I feel like it would be a great release.
0: Yeah, For like, now, I'll just, def- I'll
2: just keep screaming mountain goat songs, but I'll I'll work on the heavy metal scream. Mm-hmm.
0: The scream or the growl? Because like there's kind of um, like you know, different uh like the when like I think scream like scream
2: talk where it's like you're you're saying lyrics, but you're it's like ah. I, I, can blah, blah, I can't blah, even can't even have blah, a say yeah yeah will's got
0: it yeah yeah like some slipknot uh, for sure like uh i'm always like i don't know how those guys do it day after day like when they have a tour and it's just like five six days in a row of that it's like how do you not blow out your vocal cords maybe that's
2: just how they talk all the time
0: Nice. I feel bad for anyone they like who like serves them at a drive-through somewhere. Yeah, for real. Can you
1: imagine hear that coming through the speaker? nope Can I take Can you your order? order, please? Oh, no, no. <laughs> 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 like, oh my god! Can I have a name for that? Yeah. <laughs>
0: wow. Well, oh, will we're What have you been up to? What have you been
1: watching, man? uh man, it is oh jeez. I feel like I should have better answers to this. I, it's not to say that, that what I've watched hasn't been fun. Um, I just haven't watched a lot of stuff. It's mostly been TV. I've been trying to keep up with Loki on Disney+. Plus. I've been trying to keep up with Lower Decks for my Star Trek fix on Paramount. But like movie-wise, I'm trying to think about the last thing that I watched. I'm sure there's something there. Uh, my wife's been watching Bodies on Netflix. So I kind of caught like bits and pieces of that because I love trippy tri- uh, time travel stuff. And so I was like adjacent to some of that storyline and intrigued by it but um but yeah it's probably star trek and <laughs> star trek and marvel one of which you guys like the other which you guys probably would not like but uh but yeah although i have to say loki feels like the doctor who of marvel enough that if you like doctor who then you can get into that so it, maybe he's first... he's like off the off the list of page. Are
2: you
1: uh, saying, saying low key is low-key
0: good? He is low-key good. He is low-key <laughs> good. <laughs> he's he's low-key anti-hero. Let's not kidders now nah, kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <You know. laughs> um I so I watched the first season of that, and this is the first time I've been tempted to watch a Marvel TV show in a while because I really did like the the wibbly wobbly timey wimey to if we're gonna go the Doctor Who yeah. Doctor Who uh routes, but um, I still can't be bothered I feel like for the most part like I just I'm so like annoyed with like the MCU like like even like watching of the discourse it seems like people are exhausted more than anything like I don't even see like the whiny fanboy stuff anymore just people are either like exasperated or. Like, when something is good, like, that, I get the impression, like, sort of the subtext is, like, they're surprised that it's good. And I'm like, that's not a good place to be, is it? <laughs> you know, like, coming off of a 10-year run of, like, success for the most part. But I'm sure they'll sort it out. Star Wars it's is true. still pretty decent for the most part. Like, I feel like they've more or less managed to have more
1: hits than misses, right? That's true. Generally speaking, yeah. I think Loki <laughs> is... So, I liked season one season two i don't know if it's the pacing or if i just forgot how slow the pacing was from season one but the pacing is not the the quickest but i think the goofiness and the humor are enough that i'm i stick around for it that i kind of want to see where it goes so it's like the quirky characters and the weird aesthetic like when you watch it you're like this feels like it's its own it's kind of like watching wes anderson you know you're like you you see his film and you're like sometimes you sort of just go along for the ride because you like being in that world and looking at all the colors even if you don't necessarily want to stick with the story as much you're like you know what I'm just I'll see it through to the end not always the case as we have talked about with Asteroid City I think with May like being like nah I can't do that so it's you know it's hit or miss about everybody's you know there's always an exception but I think overall I think generally speaking that's sort of how I look at Loki Yeah, I might be something I watch like during my
0: holiday break, or not. I don't know. Like (laughs) or not, you know. (laughs) (coughs) I don't know. We'll see. Hard pass. (laughs) In case it's not been said before, I want Marvel to be successful. I want them to like go back to like this simpler, like more focused times. You know. Yeah. Um. I think the scope got away from them a little bit. Okay. Well, um. We have been watching. um, We like going back through the league because we play fantasy football and it felt like an appropriate thing to watch this time of year for our stupid show. Some of it's not dated the best. Uh, (laughs) Most of it's okay though. And it's very funny. Um, I think it was creep kind of like seeing Mark Duplass. I was like, "Ah, guy's funny. Let's let's check out the league. And it's got, you know, Nick Kroll and um, a bunch of funny people in it. So it's fine. Yeah, we started Welcome to Wrexham last night, which um, I mean, for the first episode anyway, it was was excellent. And I've, I've heard really good things. That is about the journey of Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney buying the Wrexham uh, football club in Wales. And like with the dreams of um, helping them advance up, you know, through the um, there's like several tiers of uh, professional football and English football. And they're at the bottom, like where the show starts Um, and like their players make about $40,000 a year, like for as professional athletes. So, um, I'm very curious to see where it goes on the plane. Um, I watched a bunch of animated films, like super Mario brothers movie and teenage mutant Ninja turtles, uh, mutant mayhem. That was cute and amazing. Um, the, the one that was really, really great was triangle of sadness. Like I did not know a thing about that film. And I just put it on. I was like, I know people like this. And I'm glad that I experienced it that way because it went places that I was not expecting. And mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it. It made a big impression. I know some people didn't vibe with it, but I see May kind of smiling and nodding. Did you see it?
2: No, but anyone I've heard to talk about it in real life has said exactly what you said. And I think that's funny. It's like, yeah, I had no idea what this was or how to feel about it, but it was very good.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think approach it as blind as possible and just kind of sit down and enjoy the ride. Um, I I had like similar feelings. Well, I think even if I compare it to something else, like it might like prime use. I don't want to do that, but um, we can talk like once you've seen it. The big thing I've been watching is uh, so far six out of 33 Toho Godzilla films um, in anticipation of Godzilla minus one. I am watching the Japanese subtitled versions that are part of the Criterion collection currently. um, But that ends, I think, after 15 or 16 films. And then I've got to probably resort to some less conventional means to find some of them because Mm -hmm. various uh, films are like out of print or hard to find in America. But my goal is to watch all 33 before Godzilla minus one comes out, many of which have not seen before. So. You're know, oh, welcome
2: is... to cut this out because it's jack specific but is there like a good vHs store around here
0: um I Aaron Bobby would know because he collects yeah. like vHs there's like pop-up markets and stuff but um yeah i I um I don't know like what I, like I I do specifically know one of them which is the return of Godzilla from eighty four which was called Godzilla nineteen eighty five in America um like it's hard to find that like like it's like one of the rarest like vhs um specifically like for like a like i don't even know if there's a japanese like version with subtitles of the vhs but um it's a rights issue thing but yeah so like weirdly enough like in america the original godzilla film and that one they like changed the story and intercut raymond burr an american actor into the films because they felt like For the first one, people wouldn't, like, sit through a subtitled movie. So they're like, oh, we'll have an American hero. It'll be dubbed with English, and, like, it's going to be this whole thing. So it's a completely different film. And then when, like, The Return of Godzilla came out, they're like, hey, Raymond Burr, you want to come back and do the same thing again? And so uh, I think you could could find Godzilla 1985, which is the American version, maybe a little easier. But um, I'm not interested in that. I kind of, like, it's been – I was telling, like, Will off – or before we started – it's been a really interesting exercise because uh, so many of these films are very different than the versions I saw, like on the sci-fi channel that were dubbed like um, significantly longer in some cases, like there's like plot lines and and things that like just were excised out of the American versions because of pacing or whatever. Um, so I, I do find a lot of the additional content um, to be interesting. And it's always nice to hear a film for me, like in the native language, even if I'm reading subtitles, but uh, yeah, we'll see. Hopefully I can make it. It's a tall order. I, I realize I'm like, why did I do this to myself? 33 films is a lot to watch, like on top of do like, it. all the stuff I gotta do. But...
1: You're 18% through. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, I mean it, like to be fair,
0: it's, it's not like the uh it's the most like intense um films, you know, to watch. Like they're not exhausting by any means. And they tend to be on the shorter side, they're tight nineties, as we like on the podcast for the most part. So like um, and yeah, they're very yeah. goofy in many cases. I'm getting into the goofy area or er, era of them, so I'm feeling like some momentum building because I'm like, oh, this is a piece of cake. Like I'm just watching, like, you know, once they give Godzilla like the softer eyes and he starts dancing Aww. and doing drop kicks and stuff like that, yeah. like that's that's where that's where the good stuff is, like, in my <laughs> opinion. <laughs>
2: like Kawaii Godzilla, yeah. Aww. <laughs>
0: There's so, a yeah. video
1: somewhere. If I could find it to you, find it, I'll send it to you, Chris. Where it's like a documentary about they were filming some of the like the practical effects that they did for one of the Godzilla movies, and I don't remember the actress's name that did it, but they did an interview with her and they had footage of when she would play one of the creatures when she was in the suit and how tiny okay. she was to fit into it. And then she would like drop down on all fours. And when she would do the creature, she would make her own sound effects to make it roar before they like dubbed over it with special effects. So, you know, you'd see her like crawl across this little like, you know, fake city. And then she would go like Rah! or, Rah! you know, and it was just really cute. So if I could find it, I'll share it with you. I think it would be fun. But, yeah. That's great. I You know, I do
0: remember like when the american like matthew broder like piece of shit came out um they <laughs> and I, I some people love it i'm sorry if you do love it like uh, enjoy like it's fine but um they had like a little um like mockumentary thing that they did on hbo or something where they went to the original Toho studios and they like did a joke about how the war came about, which is like, they opened a hinge, like a rusty gate. And that's not at all like where, it, you know, came from. But it was like really tongue in cheek. They talked to the original guy in the Godzilla suit. And it was great. Cause he's like this old man and he's like so <laughs> small and frail. And they're like, do you still have any of those old like moves? And like, he like does like, you know, like no suit or anything. He just kind of like shows like how like, you know, he would move and some of the characterization that he gave, uh, God, so it was the same guy for a long, long time. Like it was a big deal when he retired, I guess, like in the 70s. But uh Wow. I can't imagine that's comfortable, you know, getting into yeah. any of those suits. You'd probably feel like such a buffoon. Like... <laughs> Aww. You're stomping around these little cities with cardboard and stuff. But um,
1: anyway, you must embody the character of Godzilla, Chris. You must become the monster. <laughs> yeah, I've just always loved
0: Godzilla. Like, I grew up as a kid, like watching them, like on, like said, sci-fi and VHS. And uh, something about that, like monster has always spoken to me. And like uh, I, to this day, I love giant monster movies. So like when Cloverfield came out. Oh, yeah. Loved it.
1: Yeah. Good stuff. Um, yeah. Unapologetically, I'll say I loved it. Yeah, I know people rag on that film, and also just in general with stuff J.J. Abrams does, but I really liked Cloverfield. I thought Cloverfield was every like, what more could you want from that?
0: Like, you know, I know like people don't like when they don't solve like the mystery fully, but um, not like to me, like I remember the first time I saw that, like that's one of those movies where like. I was hyper aware of like my pulse, like 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 just how like revved up I was, like, and I think it's because I was in a big, you know, seeing it on a big screen, and it felt very authentic to me. Of like, oh, this is what it would be like to try to like get out of a big city when there's like something like this like stomping around. So yeah, I liked it. It's not a perfect movie, but I think for like what it is, like, it does a really good job. Um. All right. Well, hey, with that, let's let's draw us a side quest, and then we'll talk about. Indiana Jones, Jr. and Sr. <laughs> All right. This is going to be Agree to Disagree.
2: Basically, your film hot take.
1: Yeah, I think that's what it is. But So Agree to Disagree is where <laughs> choose a film where you and the critics or general audience had differing tastes.
2: Uh so this may have been just cuz i was like 17 18 and like really into uh travel from like have like the new superman movie and stuff like that but yeah. i loved the man from uncle like oh, i thought it yeah. was the perfect cheesy spy movie uh, i think it also has gal gadot in it maybe uh, it's like the leading woman. No, I want to actually look up the cast. I think it's no, Alicia Vikander. It's, uh, Alicia Vikander, which, kind of, which yeah. she kind of looks like al Anyway, uh, An army Hammer, um, <laughs> yep. who is uh, hated for good reasons now. But at the time, I did not know. And <laughs> I was just <laughs> yeah. like, hey, these are two good looking guys doing spy stuff, being very bad and silly about it. This is amusing to me. And I loved it. I was like, this is the new Princess Bride. Everyone's going to like this. And then I think a lot of people just didn't see it. And then it also has very mid reviews everywhere. People are just like, eh, it's fine. But I don't I'm know. People, I thought it was I a good combination of action and humor. And like, I thought it was fun. I didn't think it took itself too seriously.
0: It's like a remake or retelling, right? Of a mm-hmm. TV show or another film or something, right? It's Which the is it, 2015
2: you know? movie I'm talking about, to be clear. No,
0: yeah. I know that, but like, what the source material is a TV show or a film? Like, do you, what is The Man from Uncle, dude? Do you it's, a TV it's a TV show. show
2: and maybe okay. I liked it because I hadn't seen any of the stuff that came before it. So maybe it just was like very rude and dishonorable towards the source material. Who knows? <laughs>
0: I think That's okay, though. Like, I mean, yeah. you know, as we talked about with Mission Impossible, like that first film kind of tries to like, do the same thing and some aspects work, I guess, okay, but it gets way better when they abandon that. But yeah, I, I have not seen it. So I, I cannot, I cannot um, support or refute your opinion. So
2: it's basically two dueling spies that are, like, the best, but also very clumsy. So it's kind of just, like, two spies that are constantly, like, rolling the best on luck rolls. and <laughs>
1: okay. Yeah, they get, like, their car stuck, like, in between, like, a building, right? There's yeah, like... they're not yeah. the
2: best at what they do. They're very awkward and dorky, but they are the best, and they get paired up together. <laughs> For this like kind of like end of the world stakes mission, and of course there's like a leading lady that they're competing over, and like sure that was like kind of cliche, but she's funny and she holds her own, so I I was okay with it there.
0: Okay, fair enough. <laughs> so it's kind of like spy versus spy, like from yeah, like Mad Comics or like Mr. Magoo versus Mr. Magoo, I guess from the sound of it a little bit like
2: yeah, it's a spy bromance. Yeah. Okay exactly
0: oh fair enough i might have to check that out that sounds like not as bad as i was envisioning it like based on <laughs> what little i saw about it so <laughs> oh,
2: there's there's a particular scene involving like a lake or a reservoir that i'll send you guys after this because it's it's the, the best if you only watch that scene i'll, I'll be happy
0: okay fair fair enough um it sounds very similar to how my wife feels about the Mexican, which is a film that I tried to watch one time and I was like mm, anyway. <laughs>
1: nice. Have you seen uh Man from Uncle Will? I have and I would agree 100% with everything May has said. The movie is awesome and it is easy on the eyes too. I don't care what you're looking for. It's got it. So. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's just fun it's like guy Ritchie directed it um it's got a lot of that you know that humor it's you know it's not too dark but it like she like may said it doesn't take itself too seriously it's just a lot of fun um so i would recommend it now granted i haven't seen the source material and again i know that can be polarizing I feel like maybe this may or may not be a good comparison, but like the Avengers movie that had um, uh, Ray Fiennes and Uma Thurman and Sean Connery back in like the nineties is probably on par with like the, the people that either liked or didn't like that movie based on the TV show they grew up with. So, um, but yeah, no, it's great. I think anybody should, I would definitely recommend that film for anybody to check out.
2: I'm so no, glad right. you're with me. Well, <laughs>
1: hey, i was hey, trying to i was dad trying dad. to find
0: validation for uh from somebody so gladville could <laughs> tell you that your your opinion is is shared at least by one other person on the planet. <laughs> wholeheartedly
2: that's against the world will that's against yep. rotten tomatoes
1: that's right rotten tomatoes <laughs> could suck it they don't know what they're talking about <laughs> And yeah, with that. <laughs> <laughs> and now well, for our main feature. Someone's yeah. going to
2: clip that and send it to Ron Tomatoes. So.
1: <laughs> Ron Tomatoes is going to be like, you realize we're an aggregate, right? Like,
0: yep. like absolutely. It doesn't like, matter not.
1: what you think, Will. <laughs>
0: yep. Well, here we are <laughs> with our main topic today, which is Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Uh, the third in the indiana jones like franchise this is your pick will so you get to do the honors of guiding
1: us through the discussion i will try my best to get us through this um i guess as always i should probably recap the story for indiana jones because you know i'm 37 but i realize not everybody's watched this movie before um so (laughs) with that in mind um Like Chris was saying, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade is the third of the original trilogy uh, for Indiana before they tried to revamp it later with Kingdom of the Crystal Skull and Dial of Destiny. Um, It mirrors a lot of the previous indie films and that it starts out with sort of like a side quest that Indiana Jones goes on. In this case, we get to see him when he's younger um, and get an indirect introduction to his father, uh, who's Henry Jones Sr. played by Sean Connery. Uh, We then flash forward to 1938, where we learn that or rather where Indiana learns that his father's gone missing because he's on this search for the Holy Grail, which has been like this quest of his that he has had his or his obsession, I guess, with learning about where this uh, elusive grail may be and seems to have finally come close to finding it. And so he goes on this quest With his uh, co-worker, Marcus Brody, and uh, partners up with a lady named Elsa, who was supposedly the last person who was working with Henry Jones Sr. Uh, They meet up in Venice, and then later through some uh, adventures, uh, end up at this castle that's on the Austrian-German border, which is where Indy's father's being held captive. Indy helps get him out. And then through like a series of both exciting and slightly humorous um, action sequences, you know, deals with motorcycle chases, deals with airplanes, deals with a tank out in the middle of the desert, all before finally arriving at the Canyon of the Crescent Moon, which is supposedly where the tomb uh, lays, where this Holy Grail is, is buried. And... Inside the tomb, Indy and his companions confront the last remaining Nazis that are there, who are led by a wealthy industrialist named Walter Donovan. And Donovan shoots Indy's father and then forces Indy at gunpoint to enter the tomb, try to get past its defenses, and eventually find the grail. And so Indiana Jones goes through three challenges, ends up finding this immortal knight from the Crusades who's just been chilling out in this cave since like the last i don't know 700 years i can't remember the number he threw out but like he's been guarding this room full of chalices and essentially tells indy that if you want to find the cup of christ you have to choose the right one the right one will give you immortality and the wrong one will kill you um at this point elsa who's been buddy buddy with Walter up until this point sort of well I guess sort of on and off you could kind of see she's conflicted and then she's kind of in stuff for herself but she ends up tricking Donovan to choose the wrong cup so then Donovan basically super ages becomes a skeleton and then just like turns to dust right in front of her uh Indy chooses the right cup which helps save his dad then Elsa tries to steal the cup after clearly not listening to the old man in the cave and the whole place just implodes on itself. So then the last scene of the film that we get as our heroes ride off into the sunset on horseback is we've got Indy, we've got his dad, we've got Marcus and we've got Indy's buddy from the first film, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Sala. Um, And they all make it out. Okay. Just kind of doing their thing riding off while we listen to the awesome soundtrack theme indiana or raiders theme from the first film and uh that's what i got so hopefully that covers the may plot points there's a ton that goes out of this movie it's great it's a lot of fun may not have aged so well in certain areas but i mean that's that's kind of a given for some of the you know the parts of this film but uh for sure yeah. with that in mind before we jump into individual aspects about why i feel like this film is greater than the sum of its parts as always general impressions um i'm not going to pick on you first day i'm going to throw this over to chris uh, and then <laughs> and then go from there but yeah chris tell us your thoughts on Indie and the last crusade this is the
0: first indiana jones film i ever saw um we had it on vhs um isn't this like weird time period where like they would be tie-in marketing for um like something i think it was pepsi for this one um where it's like literally a guy just going to his kitchen to like get a pepsi and like the start of the vhs was like there's like a pit of snakes and like the floors caving in and i have to find that stick it in somewhere here but anyway um so like that's what i remember like first and foremost about this is like it's a very early like a pretty intense movie for like a kid that's like five years old six years old you know like there's a lot of adult themes um but i fell in love with the character instantly um and uh it's one of my favorites for that reason i mean i think it's up there with raiders of the lost ark sean connery definitely elevates it like i think beyond like the casting is such a big part of like why it works so well like and the interplay between harrison ford and sean connery Um, but I also like, I think this is a great example of Steven Spielberg doing like his father, son, like obsession, which you see over and over and over and over again in his films, like really well. Like, I I think there's like a lot of good payoffs and, um, some surprising emotionally like resonant moments, like between India and his father and kind of like the abandonment issues that he's felt like his whole life and seeking of the approval. And, um, I just, I think it works beautifully. I I like it a lot. Um, so many memorable action sequences of course and as you alluded to a great soundtrack but i think it's just all in all a great movie
2: so re-watching this was fun because the last time i watched it i think i was like early teens or maybe a tween i'm not sure um and i remember being i remember my main reactions when i was watching this as a kid being like oh this is so fun and adventurous and then um, being mad at how Elsa is characterized which we'll get to but <laughs> oh yeah I like I didn't like her character then and I don't like her character now slightly different reasons but <laughs> nice <laughs> um overall I still thought that uh when it got to the action themes, scenes they were very fun and they were very cheeky which I like for an action scene um They weren't just trying to show that, oh, yeah, Indiana Jones is a badass. They were showing kind of like his dad's reactions to his actions, which I thought was very fun and cool to see, Um, Mm -hmm. especially since it's obvious that he had no idea kind of like what his son does. And (laughs) you see that he's kind of impressed, but also scared at the same time. And that's beautiful. And I have to agree with Chris. I think like the strongest part of the film is just the chemistry between Harrison Ford and Sean Connery in those scenes. Um, yeah, I thought it was good. Uh, Plot wise, does not hold up at all, especially since like <laughs> I don't know, it follows kid logic for like what you think a international yeah. heist and Nazi conspiracy and hunt for the Holy Grail would look like. But it does not hold up upon adult viewing, at least not for me. Um, especially those traps. I was kind of like, "You, you guys, really, you couldn't figure this out without indie. Like, it's, it's, it's not that hard. If you gave my D D party like an hour with that, we
1: would get it. <laughs>
2: nice.
1: <laughs> we wouldn't necessarily roll well, but like, we would know how to do it. Like, yeah." Least, you know. <laughs> No offense, but I don't think many Nazis play D anD D. It's just I'm just going to throw that one out there.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, good.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: Oh, that's that's the other thing you mentioned. Like, yeah, I agree. There's some things that don't age well, but you know, it always ages well punching Nazis. So I'm glad that's a recurrent theme in Indiana Jones.
1: Shout out to the the Foley artist in this film. Every time somebody gets punched in an Indiana Jones movie, it sounds exactly the same and unique like to an Indiana Jones movie. I don't think I've ever heard anybody get punched in an action movie like they do in these. Yeah, it is Um, a great sound effect. (laughs) Well, I, I agree with both of you. I think that this is definitely something that I loved because I watched it so much as a kid. I like the fact that it is very much something that as a kid you can watch or watch as an adult and you can get something out of it. it's very much like a family film considering there's a lot of dark aspects to it between the Nazis and I mean like a dude gets run over by a tank (laughs) like there's definitely some stuff that happens off screen or that is you know an aspect of the film that depending on how you portray it can be very dark and indie toes that line between being like accessible to any sort of age group and have an adventure story without being like too gory or too profane or even too childlike you know conversely now i will say with the plot rewatching it i had so much fun with my wife pointing out stuff and be like hold up a minute like <laughs> you have a castle with all these nazis in the basement you know but you don't have any guards outside the front door you have this random butler who also speaks english when you answer the door like i don't know it's just like things like that where i just love picking the movie apart just because it was goofy and fun to do but at the same time i agree with you man like there's just some stuff where i'm just like this is definitely just like this was meant to be fun this was not meant to be like you know, serious. And I think Indiana Jones, for the most part, has sort of been that way. Um, I think they kind of went a little off the rails with the goofy aspect of that with Crystal Skull. That's a whole other conversation, but I think that's sort of the problem where Indiana maybe veered a little bit too out off to left field and didn't kind of hold on to what made it so charming in the first, you know, at least the first and the third. Some people may or may not agree with the second one. Um you know the uh temple of doom is like regarded as the worst although maybe after crystal skull maybe not the worst but i don't think it's regarded. i think
0: crystal skull is the worst yeah the it films. took it, yeah, that it the shark.
1: <laughs> I, I rewatched
0: temple of doom and like if you approach that just knowing that it's not meant to be taken seriously at all
1: like yeah. that is not the worst of them yeah i actually like temple of doom But I also love Short Round. So, and I know, again, things do not age well with that movie either. But still, I just, I love that kid, man, from the Goonies. And obviously now with him finally being able to get, you know, more work at Hollywood. So, you know. Everything Um, everywhere all
0: at once, baby.
2: Fun fact slash a memory that you guys just unearthed is that I was in a baking competition as a kid. Where my dad and I made a temple of doom cake. Oh, heck Yeah. (laughs) Just like one of my favorite bonding things I ever did with my dad. Um, what did it so, look yeah. like? Thank you, Indiana Jones, for that precious father moment. You're delivering on that front again, again, uh, again, and again.
1: Yeah, that's amazing. what did <laughs> it look yeah, like? I Chris want to ask. know. What, like, what did it look did like? Des- yeah. I'll Describe go look it.
2: for a photo because I think my mom took one volcano? of us like posing with it. So I'll go look for one.
1: <laughs> Imotub, or not Imotub? I'm sorry. uh Kali I'm getting Ugh. my seat now. Im-o-tub. Alright, so, random aside, we wouldn't have the mummy if we didn't have Indiana Jones. Clearly very, that's the case. Very, very right, yes. But, that the, the the mental connection slip of my mind for, you know, uh, Kali Ma <laughs> and, like, taking a man's heart out of his chest, you know, like, so understand. that's what I'm curious about. Was it the volcano or was it the dude's heart? <laughs> or the mine cart scene? That'd be cool. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's cool too.
2: No, it was um, actually, like, the temple temple
0: oh even better that's really cool yeah.
2: yeah it's not very film accurate
1: Uh it's okay <laughs> it's okay film adjacent yeah yeah well i am glad to hear your impressions of the movie um there's nothing more, really much else that i could add besides that i mean other than like generally speaking like connery and ford are amazing like they hit gold when they got that team up together um it's great to see some familiar faces like Marcus and Salah. Uh, Mar- more of Marcus this time around. Like he just sh- he showed up for like uh, you know a hot minute in the first one, and then actually gets some more screen time. Although they made him a lot goofier in this film than the first one. Um, and just like uh, I don't know, like the music's great. The action sequences are fun. Again, a little out there. You you, you can poke holes in that too. Um, I, I don't think many. Uh, pilots would fly so close to a tunnel they would crash into it and but you know what i've seen some people drive before and they're not great so you know what i'll i'll, I'll let i'll let a pass on that but it's got a lot of heart like chris said you know the father-son dynamic and the music's amazing i mean john williams was like And still is, like, don't get me wrong, but, like, back during the, what, the 80s into the 90s, like, if you had a blockbuster movie and it was Spielberg and Williams, man, you knew it was going to be, it was going to have some, it was going to have a kick-ass soundtrack to it, so. if I appreciate, like, the subtlety
0: to the score, like, so, like, Mm -hmm. John Williams loves his leitmotifs, and, like, when they see the um, iconography of the uh, Ark of the Covenant, and it plays, like, just a few bars of the arc of the covenant theme from the first like that's that's a great little callback like you know that i think the music adds a little something to it right where like are you sure that's the arc of the covenant and you get the kind of mysterious music and he's like pretty
1: sure like i love it absolutely yeah he's the man john williams may had mentioned a comment about not liking elsa i'd kind of like to dig in i mean Before anything else, the other aspects of what makes this movie great. uh, Clearly the characters we have to talk about, right? So let's go ahead and just jump right in and talk about Elsa. Indy's love interest um, slash the lady that he like sexually assaults for like a minute. And then she's into. Um, May tell us your thoughts on Elsa.
2: When you know that she's a Nazi spy, it's like, oh, when she sees that. Indiana's into her. She's like, I can use this. And that's why she's suddenly like into him. But yeah, they have zero chemistry before that. And I'm like, this is just like Blade Runner again. Harrison Ford. Why? Stop kissing women. Hopefully oh, still- he's
0: not insisting on that. Like in his films. <laughs> this is how I like to get get the ladies all <laughs> hot and bothered. Like, somebody tell him. Like says, ah, anyway. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay i know harrison ford the person is not responsible for this but it's a trend and whoever's writing his part please stop um <laughs> i think
0: that's I think he's reached the, the age 80s. where we don't have to
1: worry about that anymore but still you're right it's
0: like the the era of like where like a lot of like even like we talked about lethal weapon too right like 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 the no means no like they're very um Oh, uh, Dennis from It's Always in Sunny Philadelphia. Like, I don't have words in my vocabulary when it comes to women, like, no, and stop. Like, that is very much like, what it, it feels like sometimes watching these 80s movies. Like, you know, it was romantic back then, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, uh,
1: apart
0: but, for
2: the guys in the audience, I'm sure. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah <laughs> that's that's kind of my point. Yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> like, um, so, like, that part of how she's characterized, like, it's annoying, but looking back on it, I'm like, I guess it does kind of show early on that she is, like, just taking advantage of whatever she can kind of get in terms of, like, trying to get one over on the on the Joneses. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, I don't like how at a certain point she's, like, shown to be very, very smart, but then when it's convenient for the plot, she's just super dumb. And it's mm-hmm. like come on, commit, commit to who you're going to make this character. Is it just kind of like the stereotypical dumb blonde woman or is it going to be like your seduct- seductress um, like woman of knowledge? They kind of flip-flop on her from stereotype to stereotype and that's just very annoying to me. Um, especially because like at the end, she's clearly aware of what's going on enough to trick her employer into taking their own chalice and is listening to everything going on. And then at the end, it seems like, oh, she actually does have feelings for Indy and wasn't just playing him, which doesn't make sense to me. And then also forgets all of the things that the knight said about the chalice. And it's just like, let's just run away together, Indy, which is the worst possible ending. That's that's the thing I'm maddest about. And even 12-year-old me was mad about that.
1: Right? yeah I she went would... on like full golem and tried to like grab it even when you knew she was gonna fall yeah, yeah. i'm sorry chris go ahead
0: <laughs> no yeah
1: yeah. i like i'm, I'm in total agreement it should just had a little sip before you go you know
0: like just 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 yeah. extend your life a little bit you know have, have a little sip pass it around you know like a little like puff puff pass circle and then go on about your <laughs> right you can always come back right like yeah you know, at, you know yeah. how to get through the traps like yeah. um yeah I think like the only really good moment uh that like I think like kind of works for her character is like how disturbed she seems by all like the book burning and sort of the joy at like destroying knowledge and censorship and all that that's the closest I come like to being like investing or like kind of feeling a little bit for her character where it's like you're in a shitty situation and like clearly you're not down with like what's going on here um yeah that's but that's i mean that's you know that doesn't really redeem the rest of it but yeah
2: no and that's the other thing it's like i don't want to be invested in her and i feel like it's kind of terrible indiana is still sympathetic to her even after the whole nazi reveal um because it's like yeah i wish we could just be like oh no we all hate her now like this is not someone we're sympathizing towards um That was another issue I had with her character because it's like, yeah, she doesn't like the book burning, but how does she feel about like the people murder and the genocide? You don't you don't know apparently she's fine at least she's complicit
1: (laughs) she likes books better than people that's what i get out of that
0: (laughs) i mean to be fair me too sometimes (laughs) (laughs) chris is like you know what she's got a point you know depends on the the people depends on the book um but yeah
1: (laughs) i like the so i like that part the where we see some emotion from her Around the book burning scene, but I also like the little cutaway shot that we get when she gives Donovan the wrong cup, and then she has this this expression that she gives Indiana, where she's kind of frowning a little bit but giving that knowing look, like "Yeah, I just fucked this guy over." <laughs> and I'm like, I like that. I don't know. There's those two shots, man. I thought were really well done. But yeah, the rest of the characters is kind of like all over the place. So, oh well. Sorry, Elsa. You got written. You got written bad.
2: Um, and the demise of bending a woman on screen
1: yeah why she's like what the only female character that we get and if she's not like you know there's not like the weird sexual thing about yeah i banged your dad too you know (laughs) that shit always makes me laugh i'm just fucking everybody over in this movie you know like (laughs) It's
0: so funny, just the the look, like the I just the between Connery and Tward and that is like, it's a pretty believable look where you'd be like, oh Jesus Christ!
1: Like, how did you know she was a Nazi? She talks in her sleep, <laughs>
2: <laughs> which is yeah. also I will say that is a well written line because it'll go over the head of kids, but adults yeah. Yeah. will be like, oh.
1: <laughs> yep. oh man all throughout this movie man yeah those little one-liners yeah no you're right 100 percent. or the cutaway too there's no like even when they have like what is very obviously like gonna be the sex scene of the film they just cut away you know it's like or that sort of ties back into like the violence too. Like you see a bunch of dudes get shot and there might be blood, but probably not a lot. Every now and again, you'll see a little bit of it show up and then the rest of it's just like off camera. So let's get back to some other characters. Anybody else that stands out that you want to make sure we talk about before we move on to some other aspects, whether it's, I know we've talked a lot about the dynamic between having uh, junior and senior Jones meet up so whether it's about harrison ford and sean connery whether it's about some of the side characters i'm pretty much just going to throw this open to you guys for the sake of time as to what you would want to make sure we cover
0: i mean you touched on brody it's it's one of my favorite transitions in a film ever it's like when Mm -hmm. he speaks a dozen languages so blended blah 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 and it's just him excuse me (laughs) like i love that cut i think it's such an amazing joke like it's, it's just a it's a good little visual gag um Sala I mean John Rhys-Davies amazing um don't know how I feel about a Welshman playing an Egyptian like but you know (laughs) different times different times um he is great in that role though um and I'm glad that he pops back up in this film uh however briefly but yeah I mean it is Connery and and Ford and I think specifically having it be like a comedic slant it's Mm -hmm. just like moment after moment of brilliant comedic timing actually what's right behind you is like one of my favorites i'm sorry junior they got us like he shoots out the the tail of the plane awesome there's just like there's so many examples of that where they just they uh work well together i think i read that there was like what less than 10 years of age gap between them yeah Yeah, which is like really funny to imagine but uh yeah, really. I, there's not much i can add it's like that what's probably not been said a million times about how well they work together so yeah. keep it brief
2: yeah They're trying to get I, to
1: the fireplace yeah <laughs> <laughs> i
2: i will add two things one is a shout out as i think chris did last episode to river phoenix because he does a great oh. job playing young indy and it's really sad we didn't get to see much more from him yeah um And then, yeah, just to add to like the dynamic between Indy and uh, Professor Doan Senior, you don't usually see like the whole parentified child phenomenon in a lot of movies, especially not a kid's action movie. And I thought it was kind of cool they showed that dynamic because I'm sure a lot of kids could relate in a way they hadn't with a lot of action figures of like, oh, this guy doesn't like have a super powerful dad that's taking care of him. He also has to take care of his dad. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yes. And has a better sense of responsibility toward his dad than his dad has towards him, which is Mm -hmm. sad and tragic. But like, you see that he's also done okay despite that.
1: I thought it was kind of funny. We were watching it and my wife made some comment about how when uh, Indy's dad mails him his diary that he doesn't like it's like he had enough time to mail the diary he didn't have enough time to write a message to go with it about like hey don't bring this with you or <laughs> maybe make a copy or hide this somewhere and i laughed and i'm just like but you you do realize you're you're putting a lot of faith in this guy who very clearly is having struggles with like not setting a room on fire with a lighter or like whacking indy over the head with a vase when he comes into the window thinking he might be a nazi i'm just like i think henry jones senior is getting a little old and maybe his faculties and his reasoning aren't entirely there so but i could be wrong about that i mean there's stuff that indiana does too where you're just like i mean i probably would have done that differently but still you know good it worked out he <laughs> didn't get crushed by a tank I guess, uh, speaking of tanks, I think that one of the things that makes Indiana Jones sort of as well-received and also memorable is just some of the action sequences that we get. Like, I mean, Raiders of the Lost Ark definitely had some good stuff in there, but I feel like Last Crusade just tried to up the ante a lot. Like, you've got, whether it's just the, the, um, the motorcycle chase that we get where it's indian is dead in the sidecar or we've got the 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 basically the the (laughs) mid-air plane battle that ends in them crashing and then somehow thinking running out onto a beach is safe um i don't know Were there any like specific action sequences or effects of the film that really stood out to you um or that you just remember from when you watched it a previous time that you really liked and may i'm gonna kick it over to you first on that
2: it's, it's the moment that has the least real science and physics. And it's when they're in a really tight tunnel in a car and there's that plane coming in behind them. And the plane shoots in, loses its wings and just kind of rides alongside them for a moment, shooting fire, which mm-hmm. does not affect their car whatsoever. <laughs> and then just goes on and blows up ahead of them, despite the fact that it's just riding its initial velocity it does not have (laughs) wheels.
1: yep because science
2: (laughs) it just it took me completely out of the movie and it was so funny
1: (laughs) 90 percent positive george lucas like wrote that part that feels like star wars to me but oh yeah (laughs) that's mine nice oh for sure chris how about you man uh, I mean, second only to
0: the opening of Raiders of the Lost Ark, like, and that's just because that is a banger. And probably, honestly, if you didn't have the giant rolling boulder, like, <laughs> this would edge it out. But I think just the entire opening sequence is like by far like my favorite after Raiders, uh, because you do get Young Rivers Phoenix, you get that amazing like on the top of the train car, we get Indie's Fear of Snakes. Where does that come from? Where's this iconic whip? You do so much visual storytelling in a way that kind of feels like earned even if it is a little cheesy like it's Mm -hmm. fun to be like this is why he likes having the whip this is why he's petrified of fucking snakes like and you see that he's not in the beginning right like yeah like he takes it off of his friend and he's like oh it'll be such a baby um (laughs) and then it's a little different when you're fully immersed into like a tank of snakes right um and then i just i like um you know he gets the hat right and then that cut the transition to it's the same person that he's been stealing the same fucking artifact back and forth from presumably for years. Um, It's great. Like, I don't know. I think it's just, it's, it works so well for me and it always primes me to just be like, you know, in the mood for the rest of that movie. I think it just sets everything up so nicely. Um, and, and you kind of touched on it too, like little touch, but a big one um, of feeling the presence of his dad without re- having a full reveal like you the, the presence is there and you you get a lot in a, a just a few seconds of like what that relationship probably is like and uh how the, sub- how the subsequent film is going to play out um based on that very brief introduction so yeah that's my pick for sure
1: i do have one question about that intro like the beginning that I used to wonder about as a kid, because like most of this stuff, make, like even though it's I mean, I, I well, I'm gonna be honest, I have no idea what it was like transporting animals for a circus back in the day on a train. If it <laughs> I mean like at all, but I'm like, okay, I see giraffe heads, I can kind of go with that the rhino and eh, yeah, okay, the lion definitely. What was that giant weird snake that's clearly not real? But like oh. whatever, like... <laughs> it looks like something out of Anaconda. Like, yes, what was that <laughs> supposed to know. be? Like that was I hilarious. don't know. Yeah,
2: obviously, it's a man in a snake costume. Yeah, I
1: mean, <laughs> from a Godzilla film. Yeah, yeah, no it does look like something out of Godzilla. Genuinely. <laughs> oh man i think that if anything else that's just like the icing on the cake for why you would never want to be around a snake anymore so i buy that 100 percent. but uh but yeah like river phoenix man like his portrayal was just the expressions that he had his facial expression his mannerisms just the he he did he was perfect for that um and it's unfortunate that he wasn't able to be like around for like the uh they did like a like a TV show for a little while, The Young Adventures of Indiana Jones, which I think Disney may have when they bought the property may have retitled it recently, which I don't know why, but that's, you know, Disney. Um, but I would have I mean, it's been so long since I've seen it. I couldn't say whether I agree that you should or shouldn't watch it, but I remember liking it as a kid. So and one of these days, yep. I'll probably have to revisit it. I feel like Daniel Craig, even like a young Daniel Craig, even shows up in that at some point. But uh oh, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. On a random side note, thinking about, like, influences that we've seen about Indiana Jones, and this sort of just ties back to thoughts about Indy as a character, um, and slightly about Harrison Ford's <laughs> rather abrasive portrayal of a man, <laughs> a leading man in a film. But I remember reading something about how like influences for this were like, this was sort of like Steven Spielberg's version of James Bond. Because Spielberg had wanted to do like a, a a James Bond movie and he got turned down. And so it was sort of like, this was like James Bond with a little bit of like Kurosawa and a little bit of Clint Eastwood and a little bit of like Alan Quartermain all kind of thrown in together. So I can understand why the archetype is sort of, Supposed to be macho and abrasive, especially when it comes to like relationships, a little bit on the questionable side for how you want to treat women, uh, to say the least. But yeah, so that was sort of just something that was bouncing around in my brain because clearly Indiana Jones has like become iconic for certain things like... You know, the rolling boulder from Raiders, the music, the look, like if you got the hat and you got the whip man, you people know who you're trying to be. Um, And so I think that that's sort of it's interesting to see where some of the stuff that we've watched before has has tied into that. So like Kurosawa and um, how I'm blanking on the guy's name from the film that we watched, but who played the main guy? And I'm going to kick myself for it. um, It's sort of his stuff from Mm -hmm the Kurosawa films yeah so like when we watch Mifuni is that what you're talking about I think so yeah um so like his sort of his demeanor that he had or like Clint Eastwood as like the man with no name or you know so that's sort of like yeah How however you would uh and I'm, words are failing me right now unfortunately but how you would characterize sort of that stoic or reserved or kind of brusque attitude that um, era of like that the minute. marble man and shit you know like the yeah. marble man and like
0: i just think that was the it was the flavor of like what manliness was at the time yeah a little bit grumpy yeah a lot of misogynistic sure. <laughs> sometimes like yeah. um yeah yeah i don't know like it's just for for better or worse kind of like uh some swagger you know like in a lot of ways like uh I think like Han Solo and Indiana, J- Indiana Jones like share some characteristics, like, and sort of like the, they're not conventionally um, good at what they do. It's kind of just like lucky, you know, like a little bit of luck, like some skill, um, like getting the job done in a way that's like kind of <laughs> in a roundabout way, you
1: know, definitely not mm-hmm. doing path. It's yeah.
2: the flair. It's just, it's all the flair.
1: Yeah. <laughs> nice i do like the meme that that is like the theory that indiana jones is just like the dream that han solo has while he's frozen in carbonite (laughs) Uh, especially for like all the little like easter eggs for star wars that pop up here and there like r2d2 and 3po is like iconography on the wall in raiders of the lost ark or like the carbonite or carbonetto logo that's on the tank uh, like the gasoline tanks that are on the ship at the beginning of last crusade that go up when Andy jumps off the obi-wan boat. airways or whatever or no club yeah. Obi-Wan is from,
0: from temple of doom is what it is it's a yeah. uh, club obi-wan is what it's uh, right. called yeah
1: I love
0: it.
2: i've never heard that theory but i love it
1: Oh, it's great, man. Even, uh, look, shout out to uh, the actor who plays Walter Donovan, who was in Empire Strikes Back as one of the military guys on Hoth. Like, what's that guy's name? Yeah, so like Julian Glover, who uh, I think indirectly also talked about how he wasn't really thrilled with his performance in Last Crusade. He just didn't really (laughs) like the American accent he tried to do. He's one of the worst indie
0: villains by far. Like, I, like yeah. he does nothing for me in this movie, like whatsoever.
1: It's true. You're like, all about some uh was it Herr Oberst? Was that his name? Who was the the main Nazi guy? I feel like the guy who raised over the in I'm sorry, in uh Last Crusade, rather. Um oh, the guy who goes he... over the edge of the of the cliff and the tank. Yeah, I don't know.
0: Like it just like I to be fair, I guess like Aside from the, I don't even know his name, uh, in Temple of Doom, like the the priest, mm. um, most of the indie villains aren't particularly, like, I guess, uh, Balak or Balak, the French dude, like, like is kind of, yeah. like, fun. And then, like, Kate Blanchett didn't do anything for me. This, this guy didn't do anything for me. I think the villains, like, are kind of incidental. Like, mixed results, right? Who the... Oh yeah, Mads Mikkelsen is probably like the best villain. Like I think like, of the reasons. The the
1: yeah, he's yeah. great in to Destiny. I don't care whether Kate Blanchett had a good or bad accident; she'll always do it for me. I don't. It's, yeah, I'm just gonna throw that out there. I don't care I'm if she's a bad communist. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with her appearance? I'm talking about it's how she
2: carries herself too. It's like yeah. I I would be afraid.
0: Yeah. Yeah she does this unsettling thing where like she'll turn her like body and head like in different directions at times when she's walking and it gives her sort of like a, uh, like almost like a Terminator S quality. But uh, anyway, not to go too far down the rabbit hole.
1: Oh man. like James Cameron, if you're listening, man, just like the t 10000 over here, all right? Well, <laughs> let that franchise die. Like just it, it needs to go like deep underground. Like Stop. We've had enough. We've had Criminator
2: enough. Underground? Is that what you're calling for?
0: Oh
1: god. Yeah. Dang it. <laughs> Sweet. Well, I think it's worth mentioning too before we move on, like in terms of actions. Well, not uh, this doesn't really qualify as like an action action sequence, but as a sequence that involves some sort of like effect or you know. Um, uh, a supernatural event. We've got the, I think what was arguably the first digital composite shot when Walter Donovan like basically super ages, his eyes fall into his skull and then he just turns into like a skeleton. And that was kind of a big deal for back of the day. So like shout out to the visual effects department for nah, for making a very creepy, especially as a kid, I found that super creepy um, shot. For him at the very end and just elsa's scream too like i know people were probably tired of cape Catshaw's yelling in temple of doom but like elsa deserved to have that scream at the end of that movie and like it it was perfect so um but yeah that would be for for my pick on that i would also like to ask you just because and we can include it or not for time but I think it's interesting how animals play such a large part in Indiana Jones, um, in any movie, whether it's just like a threat, you know, that somebody's gonna get mauled by a creature, or it's just, just an obstacle almost to get over. So, like whether we're talking about like the millions of rats that they have to crawl through when they're <laughs> in the cat like underneath um the church in Venice, or they've got You know, the seagulls that uh, Henry Jones uh, Sr. uses to thwart a Nazi plane. Like, were there any any standout creatures from this film? Or, you know, what? we could even throw it out and talk about the other ones, too, that have sort of stood out in your mind, either with this viewing or in previous viewings. And uh, May, I'm going to toss that or, you know what? No misdirect i'm sorry chris i'm gonna toss this one over to you (laughs) okay it's like passing the basketball but like not looking at the person (laughs) yeah um
0: yeah i mean it is very much a staple and i'd be curious if that comes from like i know like uh, the origin to to like the idea of doing like the uh these films was like their love of adventure serials when they were kids like so the stuff that you would see like in Saturday morning, you'd go to the theater and you had your cartoons and your newsreel and all that stuff. And then they had adventure serials. So I, I'd be curious to see if that was like a thing there. Um, but it, it, by this time in the franchise, it's certainly expected. I think that you have to have like animals for fear factor, or gross factor, or whatever. Um, you, again, like, uh, I, I can already touched on, I think like the, the, the beginning part where, um, he's going through the, the, the train is uh, just, it's great. You get a lot of them all at once. Um, you get a great encounter with the, the lion. And then the the origin of the snake fear is, is probably my favorite. Because, like, I don't care how brave you are, like, falling into, like, a giant tub of snakes that you have no <laughs> idea what species, like, in would be very unsettling. So, that over the rats for me.
2: The rats would have disturbed me a lot. Just because it's like, I... I know all the diseases they carry, especially down in this, like, sewer-like dungeon. So I would just be, like, actively fighting them and forgetting all about my quests. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'd be kicking. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think that's, like, what would scare me the most. I just felt really bad for the seagulls, and also I, I didn't expect that to happen because I was, like... Oh, like the sequels are gonna spook the guy flying the plane, and maybe one or two will end up like in the engines. And it's like, no, a bunch of them just eat shit. <laughs> the front of that plane. I was like, no, why would you do that?
1: <laughs> why were all those rats alive in the ca- in like the catacomb? Like it was just what rats and petroleum, right? like
2: <laughs> and one mummified
1: body one mummified body somehow enough oxygen for everybody to be okay with somehow nothing caught on fire from indy's torch even though you could see little bits like dripping you know as they're walking through and i'm just like mm, i wouldn't <laughs> not worth it man but oh well that's indiana jones logic right it goes up there with the plane somehow making it through the uh the tunnel I will say, I think I read somewhere it is probably. I'm gonna throw this uh, credit out to Screen Rant, you know. Uh, but I remember when I was just giving like random trivia about Indiana Jones. Apparently, the four horses at the end of the film belonged to the King of Jordan, which I thought was pretty cool. Hmm. Um, so, while we're on the topic of animals showing up in film, we'll say I'm glad no horses died in the tank sequ- uh, sequence. Apparently, German the Nazis in this film were very bad at aiming um whether we're talking guns or we're talking tank shells so good for the horse glad they made it out okay Mm -hmm. um i think in terms of like any creatures that really like weird me out even though this answer doesn't really apply to this film the second movie man temple of doom like i just always think about uh, harrison ford a cape cat or actually no more kate capshaw's character when. They are in another cave (laughs) and she's just covered in all these bugs, man. Uh, Oh, the long bugs, the bugs with all these long legs. And it's just like, Oh, I could tell it's real. And it's really wigging me out right now. Like all the fake stuff, you know, that they do all the animatronics and the fake animal parts and things I can overlook, but like, Ooh, that would be my fear factor. I'll take the snakes, man. (laughs) Uh, that does really answer the question. I guess the options I've got it would have to be the rats in this film, if we're just thinking about it that way. But or the, the weird, like deformed snake in the in the train. Uh, well, before we wrap up, I do want to talk about the music a little bit more, just because, and even if it's just to mention that, um, when it comes to what I feel like a film that goes beyond like that would essentially be more than the sum of its parts or that goes beyond just like what you had intended when you set out. I feel like music is an essential component to ever making that happen. Sometimes it's the lack of sound that's important to a film, but I feel like in a lot of blockbusters, a lot of, adventurous stories the music is always the music is a character whether or it's an echo of a character like Chris was talking about the the motifs that we get with certain um, moments of the film whether it's talking about an object or a MacGuffin like Ark of the Covenant or we're talking about a, a character's theme so whether it's you know the dynamic between Uh, father and son or whether it's you know the the nazi march that we get or whether it's um, some of the the more adventurous like the the classic indie theme that we always you know you get like the big um, brass music going on where you're excited and pumped and you want to go out and march with them um that it's always it's it's always there as an essential component of, of the movie. And in some places, in some cases, the movie would be less if you didn't have it there. Um, so just as a general question to both of you, if there's any particular part, and a, a, again, Chris sort of already answered this question a, a certain bit. Uh, but if there's anything else that sort of stands out to you that you really thought um, from a musical standpoint, uh and this is like the most rambling question, so clearly I'm winding down, and I apologize, but <laughs> that really stood out to you the most in this film. Um, and May, since I know you are very musically inclined, I'm going to throw this out to you first.
2: Oh, why would you set me up like that, Well,
1: Because <laughs> I got your back. <laughs> See,
2: I am very musically inclined, and I'm going to say this is a mark of good sound design that nothing really stuck stuck out to me. On the hmm. score, I'll be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Um, part of that is I was a little distracted while I was watching this. So um, those of you that follow me on Instagram or Blue Sky know I've been doing Yanorama this month. So nice. I am often multitasking while watching things these days. Um, so I may have just not been paying enough attention to notice things in the score. But I'll just say that it's really smoothly done, that nothing really stood out, but things felt very like cohesive and thematic and um yeah i just i appreciated the return to the kind of like the traditional theme with the closing credits it was kind of like a good added cue that like hey we're done thanks for watching get out
1: (laughs) (laughs) why are you still here it's over (laughs) 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 nice yeah makes sense chris how about for you man anything else you want to you want to add um, I, like, I just think about uh, the sequence, like, where they're escaping
0: the castle, you know, tied up back to back, going around and around on that damn fireplace. And John Williams has this uncanny knack of creating the sense of, like, adventure and comedy and lightheartedness and something that would probably be a bit, I don't know, scarier or, like, maybe, like, more tense, like, with a different soundtrack, right? Yeah like maybe more menacing i guess like with a different soundtrack but like the way he's able to to take that and perfectly match it to like the 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 dialogue and like sort of the tone that they're going for i think it really just it lends itself so well to like making these movies feel the way that they do like there's a feel to an india jones movie that's like different than i don't know say a tomb raider or like even an uncharted you know which is kind of like i don't know if he's all the the uncharted film but like it's very much trying to, to be this you yeah. know um and i think part of the reason that like this film like just by default even the worst indiana jones film by default feels like better than those films is like because you have john williams like punctuating the action with a score that is so authentically indiana jones like you know what that's going to sound like in your head kind of even if you can't like name like the theme for every character or whatever, like you can kind of envision what that score sounds like as things are happening. Mm -hmm.
1: I definitely agree. Like for some of the stuff where it's more lighthearted, I do like how in the scene where Henry Jones senior thinks that he's that Indy has actually fallen off the cliff and is dead and then realizes that he is alive. There's just something about the way the score is done where you just, you feel you feel very emotional about like him being able to like hug his son again. And it's like, you are alive. You know, I thought I'd lost you. And I can remember just how that felt like the first time I watched it. And even in subsequent ones, like when I think of Last Crusade, it's one of the it's one of the few pieces of music that I think of with that. I mean, along with obviously, you know, the Raiders march like hands down, of course. But (laughs) but I, I agree with you completely, Chris. So John Williams, glad you're still making music, man. I did get the pleasure of actually shaking that guy's hand once. It was the oh Marine Corps like really? Yeah, he conducted the uh it was uh oh geez, I'm gonna get the the number wrong, but it was the Marine Corps' birthday, and this was probably at least 20 years back. Um, and he did like uh basically it was like his greatest hits, and he went and conducted the Marine Corps band, and I uh, got to shake his hand. And that was great. Great. I'm envious.
2: um, Me too.
1: It was fast, but it was worth it. And on that note, Indiana Jones, you're a pretty awesome character, even if you are a bit rough around the edges. I am glad that uh, Dial of Destiny, of course, corrected for uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. But uh, we will hopefully not have to deal with any more clunky indiana jones movies after that Um, i think it's very well set the way they did it please hollywood don't milk it for more um and on that note thank you both for joining me on this adventure as well and revisiting one of uh a a great film even again if it doesn't necessarily age well it's still i think a great film and it's right and um i would argue is more than the sum of its parts so Before we transition over, is there anything else that you guys want to mention about the movie that you read about, that you noticed, that you had second thoughts about as we've been wrapping things up? All right, so we're going to play a quick little lightning round of Pitchstorm, which, for those who are not familiar, Pitchstorm brought to us by... Ben Ben Kepner, Kepner. I should remember your name and I apologize. So we can edit that if you need to. That pause was a little too long. Um, (laughs) But thank you, Ben, for letting us play your game. You are very kind. uh, And also it's a lot of fun just to play as a a quick round to see how quick everybody is. I've said quick a lot. See how fast you guys are on your feet for deciding at random uh, what movie would be amazing based on either your choice of a character or your choice of a plot. And so what I'll do is I'll read off, I'll ask each contestant whether they want to have the choice to choose. Oh, my God. I will ask (laughs) each person whether they want to choose (laughs) this day, man, want to choose a character or choose a plot. And then from that, I will give them three options uh, to make a decision and then clearly the other one will not be their choice and then about midway through their pitch i'm going to interrupt them like an ass and tell them as a producer what they need to add into their film and see how it goes from there so we're almost there guys the finish line's almost there we have three challenges to complete and then (laughs) we get the holy grail so who would like to go first or do you want me to flip a coin
2: i think you should choose the choosing
1: I should choose the choosing. <laughs> yep. That's all right. And the choosing says, May, you get to go first. So what do you uh. want to choose of those?
2: A uh, character, um, always.
1: A character, always? Yeah. Always and forever. All right. I think we've got like one minute on the clock, right? That's That's how yes. we do that. Cool. All right. Got the timer set up. So your option is if you would like to pitch me a story about a professor turned adventurer oh you've got to be kidding me <laughs> I, i'm not kidding that was literally the first thing in the, in the okay
2: that's what i'm choosing i, I, right. I i'm gonna wait for the others yeah
1: okay um uh, a family of cannibal <laughs> a family of wait, cannibal bullies uh, you, you still have an option so a professor turned adventure or a, a family of cannibal hillbillies <laughs> Or the Founding Fathers.
2: Wow.
0: One of those is dog
1: shit, so you should <laughs> yeah, skip that. That, that <laughs> last
2: one's not even in the running.
1: Ah, the uh, Founding Fathers.
2: All right. <laughs> uh, I gotta stay on brand with the indie theme. So I choose Professor Turned Adventurer.
1: All right. So in our not Indiana Jones movie, um your quest or your professor turned adventurer. Is all right. Please hold. Also, slash cut. <laughs> Competes in Fast and Furious illegal street races. <laughs> <laughs> all right, and go.
2: Picture this, Indiana Jones. It's over. It's done. It's dead. But you know it isn't, Georgia Jean, Georgia Jean. <laughs> <laughs> not a professor of archaeology no she's a professor of the road all right she knows all of the... <laughs> every street in every city in america and she's on a mission to collect the best most historic pieces from street races across the globe i'm gonna now, stop
1: you right there i like where you're going with that but i think it's missing something how about we add a group of friends on their last night before they all leave for college?
2: Now, Georgia Jean has the perfect item picked out. It is an old vintage uh Chevy bumper sticker that is very important. And <laughs> she is ready to go on a heist for this when her son, who's about to go to college, informs her that he's throwing a giant party. Now
1: You can finish your thought.
2: (laughs) During this party, the son decides to street race and she didn't know he was a street racer. So they have a big fight. There's a touching makeup at the end. And she ends up not getting the sticker, but it's okay.
1: Sweet. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You said this was Georgia Jean? That's for the Jean. <laughs> professor of the road. I a a professor love of that. the Road. Georgia. I feel like there needs to be a bumper sticker for that. Like we need that needs <laughs> to happen on this podcast. Merch. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Georgia Jean. Professor of the Road. Solid. All right, Chris. Call are you ready? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, we'll call wow, you. I would like okay. a ch- choice of the plot, always. Choice of the plot. All right, sir. Let's see what we got here in the dick so your blank of something will face a difficult choice between love and money or get trapped overnight in a haunted asylum or get an exciting new job working for oh wait that doesn't really help me does it because i have to draw a random character well i could draw a random character card get an exciting new job working for a priest suffering a crisis of faith okay uh, so, overnight the in the asylum hello I, I was a choice thinking, between dude. love and money or a priest Get let's do the asylum job. let's go for yeah. the asylum
0: yeah why all not right. just cut that with screen quest hopefully you have some good ideas knocking good around up here
1: all right all righty sir so your mission should you choose to accept it is to tell me about a dysfunctional family on a road trip who gets trapped overnight in a haunted asylum fuck me all right um <laughs> <laughs> so think
0: the griswolds but like <laughs> m- much more dysfunctional in a much darker way nice. uh they break down and in the middle of the night there's a thunderstorm raging they take shelter and what they don't realize is an abandoned asylum you know all the signage and shit's like all falling off and it's not about so like a quarter of the way through the film that they discover that they're in an asylum, right? So they're in the asylum. They're, they're kicking around. They're exploring creepy things are happening. And, uh, they start to realize
1: that the place seems familiar. I'm going to stop and... you right there. What if now hear me out? What if the main character had a nuclear bomb strapped to them? Right. <laughs> oh, that would be geez. exciting, right? Well, I wasn't expecting that wasn't expected that. um, <laughs> um so
0: yeah they discover the place looks kind of familiar um and that's because uh <laughs> it is a terrorist hideout <laughs> where they're manufacturing illegal plutonium weapons <laughs> and they have to overcome their dysfunction because the main villain of the film he is like a third act reveal He's a third act reveal um has a nuclear bomb strapped to them himself and they have to defuse it. I don't know. That was
1: hard. Nice. <laughs> oh, I had a good trade uh, of thought going And then you threw that out there. And I was like, what the fuck? They're like, what is this garbage? <laughs> Producer. And then
2: Georgia Jean comes along and saves the day.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <It's> like <George laughs> Mad Jean, Max pulling up in her muscle car. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Look, um, I like both of your ideas. I like seeing Griswold's deal with the uh, with a um, an asylum slash nuclear arsenal with uh, from terrorists. However, I think that Georgia Jean is just she's marketable i think georgia Jean, professor of the road is just much more marketable and i think that uh <laughs> when we get done with saw patrol um i think georgia Jean, professor of the road is going to be the next big marketing hit so i'm yeah. gonna have to go with that yeah that thank should you. be the bumper sticker georgia Jean,
0: professor of the road should be the yeah. bumper sticker yeah just that she's going
2: after it's very meta uh yeah you
0: know, anybody who like listens to the pod like please get on that like thank you like creative liberty to do what you want but i want that like bumper sticker
1: (laughs) sweet (laughs) all right guys well thank you for that round i know it's been a long day so thank you for your patience and your that was a joy so i'm going to turn it back over to chris and see what we got on the docket for next week yeah so it's time to draw a
0: card once again let's give these a little shuffle and see what we have for next week Ha uh, All right. So this is going to be Was the book better already again? Yeah.
2: So, no, can we veto? No? We just did that.
0: I thought you said <laughs> card laid is a card played and all oh, that stuff.
1: So. Oh, okay. we can. We can. We can be that
2: one, ca- that one category turn. has different roles, though. Yeah.
0: Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, so you were that kid on the playground that was like, well, no you
2: you already established your own rules for this category we've established the special category okay 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 okay
0: i'm I'm keeping this this in though so people can see that old fickle may May. (laughs) (laughs) i'm just kidding no that's that's reasonable especially with the holidays coming up that might be a tall order um all right thanksgiving
1: you got plenty of time with the family to read a book. yeah
0: that's true (laughs) uh this is gonna be a roll of a lifetime and i'm just making sure okay that is a one uh any of the cards i have red at the bottom it's really hard to read the numbers so i should probably do a different color next time for that when i make them (laughs) but uh anyway so this is a roll of the lifetime and it is gonna be so there will pick this yeah. no movie I saw pretty recently and I love, um Goodwill Hunting. Robin Williams and Goodwill
1: Ooh. Hunting, Aww, hit Me just feels, bro. Oh, man.
0: This movie's aged so well. Like I fucking loved watching this, and like so much that I can't actually wait to like watch it again. Even though I saw it maybe like three, four months ago. Yeah. Um, tell us why you picked Aww. this particular. I mean, he's got so many great roles. Like, why this one?
1: Um, I think Robin Williams is amazing as a comedian, but I love his serious work too. I think he is much more versatile than getting sort of, um, I guess, typecast, you know, for lack of a better word, like typecast is like the funny guy and all, like the outrageous funny guy, like when he's done serious stuff. He can do serious stuff. It's like watching Jim Carrey do serious stuff where you think he's just the spastic guy. And then it's like, no, he's got layers and he can go pretty deep. So, but I think for this one, it was like watching somebody like that, that character and just the whole storyline itself of dealing with that sort of like grief and, um, No, I'm just gonna go with that because I'm gonna I'm gonna start rambling. So yes, so basically, the depth of his ability to act and the grief of the story were what drew me to it. Great, I think it's a good, really good pick.
2: Yeah, Yeah, I'm gonna I I might I might cry. I just Robin Williams is like the hardest actor death I've ever experienced. I think Mm is just like where I was as a kid and where he was his movie career. He was very much like my movie TV dad and like. Yeah, I felt a very strong like parasocial connection to him, so it was really hard when he died.
0: Have you seen *Goodwill Hunting*?
2: I have. Yes, I'm still Uh, probably going to cry again because it's also just an emotional movie. But yeah,
0: yeah, always gets me. Uh, You're not. It's not your fault. Like that whole like bit. Like like I usually can make it up to that point, and then like I'm I'm in puddles after that. But uh, great pick. Can't wait to watch it and talk about it. yeah, so that's that's it for the show for this week. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening wherever you get the show. You can find us at Screen Quest pod on I'm just going to call it Twitter because it feels stupid to say X. Um, X marks the spot, buddy. Like tell you right now. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> we will be doing a couple more traditional episodes and then we're going to transition to our winter special where we'll be watching holiday films to close you out for the rest of the year so i'm excited to get back to that as well until next time thanks for all your support we love you see you next week
1: bye 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 guys